I recently produced a film on the impending removal of grandfather rights under the CSCS card scheme. It was very well received, but probably not by those running the scheme. That video prompted groundworker Ollie Guns to produce his own film for his growing social media audience. Given that we both had such strong feelings on the subject, I reached out to Ollie with a view to recording a podcast together. What I was expected to be a 15-minute conversation ended up running for several hours. Now, I've picked the highlights of that conversation in the episode that is about to begin, and I started by asking Ollie what prompted him to make his video in the first place. Oh, and I realise this will probably be lost on anyone that's listening to this rather than watching it, but we shot this on site in February, and yes, Ollie's wearing shorts. So, well, firstly, your video uh, kind of sparked something in me, and I thought, uh, I've got a problem here, because one of my own cards, um, my gold CSCS card that I got all the way back when I was an assistant site manager, um, that is, yeah, <laughs> affected by this, right? Industry accreditation. Back then, you know, the site manager at the time, the project manager, um, vouched for me, etc. and it's, um, yeah, it's going to run out in December 2024. So I was affected by it myself, and then I thought, well, why didn't I know that? Because I'm pretty across, I like to think I'm across these things. Uh, so I thought, well, if I don't know, I dare say there's a whole load more people that don't know. You've got a decent following, but I thought, well, be a good, good topic to do a video on, isn't it? You know, make people aware, work together, try and get a bit of a, a kind of heads up, guys, because if you're sat there in October next year and you haven't done your MVQ, you're screwed. It's too late, really. The deadline might be December, but... As you know, it takes time to see your MVQ. So my take, though, on the whole situation, uh, I I think it's unreasonable to change the goalposts, which I feel they've done. When the CSCS scheme was started, you could get industry accreditation, which has been running for a long time. And I appreciate that it was in 2015, I think they initially announced that this was to change. But... Uh, what's wrong with letting the people who've got industry accreditation, they've been fine on sites for the last 15 to 20 years, what's wrong with letting them, for better term, die out, retire out, whatever the term might be? Um, why, why are they qualified today and in December they're not qualified? I don't understand. It's, it's just unreasonable to ask some of these guys who are getting older, we've got the skills shortage, whatever. There's lots of arguments this I'm sure we'll go into, but... Yeah, it just seems unreasonable to uh, change goalposts, which they've done because it was fine for so long. One of my takes on this is this is it, in many ways is a double whammy. There is this concentration on this will affect the older generation. Mm. I don't consider you to be the older generation, but it's going to impact you. Mm. But I think moreover, I think the industry has always relied upon that idea of mentorship, where you know the, the young upstart arrives on site and he's he's taken under the wing of somebody that's been there, done that, and got the t-shirt. If those guys now leave en masse, who's going to train the next generation? And I'm not talking about training in terms of gaining a competence card, because I have question marks about that anyway, hmm. but actually learning the ropes, learning how a site actually works, learning how a machine actually works. We're, we're, we're potentially going to lose at the top end and at the bottom end of the industry, aren't we? Indeed, indeed. Um, it, it's a, I think it's a wide issue because the the best people are trained by... The, the people who've done it before, the older generation. 
the problem with that scheme as someone and putting my manager hat back on is how do I prove what has and hasn't been taught by that guy? Because as we know, people do teach bad habits as well as good ones. Um, and they teach uh, outdated methods versus some, some you know, more modern techniques. Although generally construction hasn't changed since the Egyptians built pyramids really, has it fundamentally? Um, we still use string lines, levels, etc., and various methods of technology to improve that. But um, the basics haven't really changed. Uh, stuff needs to move from A to B and be created in some way. I see your point and I agree with you that it, it, but the problem is how how we couldn't really prove that anyway. And I see where they're coming from with um, trying to upskill the workforce. So the way I look at it is the guy should stay. You know, the older generation should stay and we want them as long as possible. And we do want their input. But it, it unfortunately, you just can't put, a ta- you can't put a tangent on what that is. Um, and therefore, under your safety act, how do you prove they're trained, competent, etc.? what we would probably want is a better apprentice scheme that then can prove that they've been taught this, taught that. They're bringing, well, it's actually what the NVQ is fundamentally. The older people would help with that, of course, your older generations and your experienced workers. But I see the mentor thing uh, as being a bit unregulated at the moment. And it would be better if it was, it needs to be much better improved. Um, I I agree with that, but... Going back to what you're saying about being able to measure, do you look at any competence card and think this guy is clearly the top of his game? That's what it doesn't prove anything, does it? Indeed, indeed, and and I'm certainly not arguing that the current system is where we should be either. Uh, it's um, yeah, it's it's a it's a joke really that the only in, let's take plant for example, uh, plant operating something I do a lot of, the highest MEQ you can get in that's level two which I think is the equivalent, isn't it, of GCSE or, or something, I think. And that's it. It doesn't matter if you've been operating for 50 years and you can make that excavator spin on one track dance or, or, or you know, you know, whatever. There's lots of technical aspects to machine operating. Um, you are level two, whether you've just come out from the week's training or, well, you need to do your MVQ after that. But you know what I mean? Essentially, after two years, you can achieve the same MVQ and that is the same card when you walk in the door as the next man has been operating for 30 or more years. And that is an absolute crying shame. I, I've i got lots of ideas to reform the card system. I see a lot of potential in it. I think fundamentally it was started with a good idea. But what it's become is a tick box exercise. Because if you're, if you're I think I said this in my video, if you're a load of rubbish, you'll get kicked off site anyway, very, very quickly. So that blue card just ticks a box for your induction, right? Have you been trained you know no it was a blue card tick you know it was on the red card actually ticks the same box arguably you could just do your red card training every two years and sort the mvq it it is a joke um it absolutely is so going back to your your level two and the fact that a newcomer and a 50 50 year veteran are on the same level that potentially means i know it probably doesn't in practice but that potentially means they're earning the same if if I've been there and done it, got the T-shirt, and I can make the, the machine dance on one track, and I'm being paid in the same as a guy who's still wet behind the ears, I'm going to be pretty, pretty, pretty pissed off about that. Well, indeed. Um, I, it, I think you've got... Um, yeah, that goes into the way that people are employed in the construction industry, which is a whole nother can of worms that, again, is just a, a joke, really. People aren't treated the way they should be or with the respect that they should be for the experience they bring. Um, if you are on an agency... 
and you walk in the door, um, how do I judge you? How do I know how competent you are um, and how experienced you are? I've got two people in front of me. Arguably, it could be the same age because there are people that, of course, come out of other games or industries or, or of course, want to, how they see it, upskill themselves, get off to tools and think, well, the excavator job, that looks, in, you know, good or forklifts or all of this. So you can't, as a site manager, you cannot tell who comes in the door and how good they are. Within 10 minutes out there, you'll know. But are they paid the same if you're an agency? Probably, because the, the bloke who doesn't know what he's doing will blag that he does. And the man who does know what he's doing will probably say, well, you know, same, he's the, essentially saying the same thing, right? Um, quite quickly, though, you'll know the difference, I think. If you were employed and you worked for a, or, or you even were a long-term subcontractor um, of some people and you had a, a bit of respect behind you, you know, you, your skills were appreciated in your experience, then of course you probably will earn more actually than the younger lads who are still being trained and, and up and coming, of course. But I mean, one of my ideas for the CSCS card um, or, or overall is that we have, um, and this, the problem is you risk alienating people with this scheme, but hear me out. My idea would be that you could get, um, there's no, with the level two, there's no um, progression. And they always talk about constant, is it continual personal development, I believe, um, is something that they always talk about. It's the same principle of sending kids to A-levels and A-levels to university. Um, there is no constant personal development or continual personal development in construction or demolition or any of, I think, the trades, really. Um, but especially with plant operating as a subject we've picked, you're stuck with a level two, as we say, it's a level playing field. You can't you can't go anywhere from there. I can't prove to you walking in that door that I know more than the next man. Well, wouldn't it be nice if you could? And the car scheme's almost set up there for it. It's got the potential to do it. The blue card arguably is kind of what it's trying to say, because, you know, whether well, you've done it for a few years, you've completed an MVQ, but it's so easy to manipulate um, or or even just you end up working in one area. You might be really, really good at demolition, but you've never dug a drain in your life or gone for deep excavation. You might be excellent loading lorries in the quarry in the crusher, but you've never worked on a building type blokes around you. These are just two examples of situations that are arguably the use of excavator, but in a completely different field. Or wouldn't it be great if you get a, let's say, level three MVQ, and you can fill in these you got all these topics that you could potentially do and throughout your career you think yeah you know what i'm on deep drainage for the next few months i can do my i can do this module now and i can prove that and you can stick it onto your card so that when they scan it and they've all got chips in remember never used but they've all got chips in you could potentially you know man could sign sign your thing in oh right dave yeah well you have yeah you've got We've got the deep drainage here and you've you've done that i can see you've completed this the portfolio's there you know you, you what a great way of proving competency which by the way trained competent and authorized are the three things that you need to be to drive plant right that's how i would see it and and you could build your categories up the demolition guys high reach you know got a high reach thing you know there's some experience here some buildings i've taken down you could you have all of that within that card proving your competency that's how i would see it We'll come back to your other thoughts on how to improve the card scheme in a second. You mentioned agencies, and one of the things that strikes me is we've allowed this industry to end up with too many layers. Mm. There was a, a move probably in the last decade or so to take men primarily off the books. 
you know, back when I started in this business, you know, Belfer, BT and Mason, people like that, they employed hundreds, if not thousands of people. They've gradually pushed them off the books and now they pick them up and put them down when they when they see fit. Hmm. But those agencies aren't doing that for the good of their health. They're doing that because there's money to be made. Oh. And that money's going to come from somewhere. And I would say exactly the same about um, the card schemes. You know, we've we've got CITB, under which we've got CSCF, CPCS, NOCAN, CCDO, NPAWS. There are so many of these. And every one of them is taking a cut. And every one of them is taking a cut, effectively, off the back of the working man or woman. Yeah. Yeah, they are. They are. Uh, it, they, it, the problem is, I don't even know really who creates these things. And they do a really good job of it. Um, because you, they create these layers, as you say, of, of stuff, and it, it it means nothing to me. I only have to have a CSCS card because people ask for it, and it's the box tick. It doesn't, as I say, it doesn't matter. If I'm rubbish, they'll kick me off site anyway in 10 minutes. So all it does is get me in the door, and I have to pay to play. It is pay to play, isn't it? How is that fair? We're talking podcasts and video at the moment. I've had to invest in a camera and a microphone and stuff like that. But that's basically me off and running. Mm -hmm. I don't have to pay anyone, and yet people within construction, within demolition, within the trades, have to pay in order to be allowed to work. Mm. That's not far off slavery, if, if you ask me. No, I guess not. I kind of see the idea behind it, like the basic principle of having one system that allows you to demonstrate and managers and, and, and people running construction projects to um, sort of at least be content that you have had some form of training which complies with the regulations that are in our industry. And I I agree that it's pay to play. I would, I, the problem is it's gone too far, isn't it, really? The idea of the safety test in, a, in, in essence is a good one. It proves a basic understanding of, of sight. It has got different categories depending on what you do. So that's a kind of, I get that, that's a good idea. You know, if you do the manager's one, there's a whole lot more questions than there are if you do the labourer's one. Good idea, you know, that the principle is there. It's just becoming, there's more and more layers put on, all of which are cost, 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 cost. What about the notion of um, card refreshing and renewal? Uh, I don't know how long you've been doing what you, you, you are doing now, but have you ever woke up one morning and thought, I've forgotten how to do that? Some vital information has fallen out of my head, and therefore I need to go and sit another test. Well, uh, no, but every five years I do go, oh, how do we renew this thing again? And it kind of changes slightly every time, or the fee changes, or the, you need the new book, and you know, questions change. So uh, I never lose the information, although, of course, you do lose familiarity. I mean, let's face it, the hardest part of that whole safety test is construction signage and fire extinguishers, because nobody can remember what colour fire extinguisher does what, can they? That is like number one thing to revise, isn't it? So I don't use a fire extinguisher every day. I see them, but you just don't, yeah, you go past them, don't you? This is pretty much how I am with Microsoft Excel. I, I have to relearn it every time I use it. Mm. But but so saying that, you, you've just said, you know, the, the, the rules change slightly and everything else. Have you ever renewed a card after the, the, the allotted five years and come away thinking, I, I'm quite clearly, de demonstrably more competent than I was the day I walked in that office. Well, no, no, but then, but then that's the, that's kind of my point with this whole, uh, you know, continual personal development. Why can't you 
add things to that card that then make you want to keep it. It's 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 just it, it's it almost sort of hoist by its own petard in the fact that it makes it quite easy to get, and on a lower scale that should be how it is. But once you've achieved a certain level, wouldn't it be nice to have a bit of a challenge to get the next the next bracket, the next thing? That's how I see it. I mean, some guys won't want to prove that they've done this kind of work. Maybe they do it every day, but they're not you know, they're not academically gifted, or they feel they can't kind of um, present their work. I get that. You know, I've worked with people who unfortunately struggle to put their name on the end of an induction form. It's but but they were the guys who. God, they can teach me something about drains. You know, those boys knew how to lay a drain. So just because you can't do that one thing over here doesn't mean to say they're not very experienced. If you abolish the card scheme, which I know is quite a popular theory, because of all the reasons you mentioned, it is, you know, getting expensive. It doesn't really do what it sets out to achieve. It's become almost disregarded. You go to HS2, I believe, or, um, or I don't know, Hinkley or somewhere, and they've got their own complete card scheme induction etc it's pointless isn't it why have i got this one when you're then saying i need this one over here it, it should be one card for all when you're talking about those projects they are among the biggest projects in europe mm -hmm. involving some of the biggest construction companies in europe who are demonstrating by their actions the fact that they have virtually no faith in the card scheme yeah indeed does that card scheme have any validity whatsoever if the biggest names in the industry are looking at it and going no, not good enough well no no, no. Essentially, it, the same as it, it's the same as it's undermined by the by the fact that it just ticks a box. You know, it, it there's nothing else to it, and it, and it, unfortunately, it's gone that way. And it it shouldn't have done, but it slowly has. And now we're in a situation where, I mean, do you even need a card to get on HS2? You know, to get on it. Do you need to get on it? But then they won't accept it as the only thing. They want you then trained further, or I don't know how it works. That's exactly it. Yeah, I think a CSES gets you on the site, and then you have to be on this page tested and, and inducted again. Yeah, yeah. You do hang out on social media. I don't know if you've been offered, but I certainly have. There are lots of people out there offering um, plate cards. Oh yeah, um, are they any good? I, I don't know. I've never bought. I've never bought <laughs> one. <laughs> well, they realise somebody try it. So, well, <laughs> let me know. Some, some people have. Um, I need. Yeah. 900 quid for an MVQ, so I could do with one painted gold, please. <laughs> but the, the situation that we've got now, bearing in mind they are readily available, mm -hmm. I know they, they pop up and they pop off and they pop back and they pop off, but those cards, those fake cards, fake in one way or another, are readily available. If we've got a situation where people are potentially having to pay thousands of pounds in order to do the job that they've been doing for the last 30 years, we're effectively pushing some people towards the crooks, aren't we? Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. But then that all is all part of undermining the card scheme anyway, isn't it? The fake ones are undermining it, but also the people who aren't the site managers and, and whoever, you know, are running the sites aren't checking these cards. They've all got a chip on. Well, that chip links back to a database. That database has, you know, it'll tell you whether it's real or not very, very quickly because they can't fake that bit, I'd have thought. They, well, they can't fake that bit, but, I mean, we... we well, that nobody checks it, but there's more than that because there there are, you know, there's been BBC exposés on this where companies are at, they will actually sit the exam for you. All oh, right, you know, you 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 are required to go to a test, and they were you know number fourteen A, number fifteen C. So it's a it's a what you end up with is a kosher card from the CITB or something else, oh, okay. but you have not actually done the work in order to prove that you are competent. 
So again, it's another level of doubt over the, the whole country. Well, if someone wants to help me get through the fire extinguisher bit, I'm all ears. So I think a tattoo is the answer. Blue. But it does feel like we need an overhaul. And I, I know you've, you've said you've got ideas for cards. But it, it, does it begin and end at this sort of continual personal development? Or have you got other ideas for us? The weird thing is, I don't want to come across as particularly supporting the scheme because I think it's a complete farce and I hate it. And it's it almost it doesn't completely summarise our industry because there's many other things that do as well. But it's it's just one of those sort of elements. You just think, oh, it, it just proves what a mess we're in, really. Um, it's not fit for purpose anymore. It's undermined by everyone from HS2 needing their own thing to, you know, people having fake ones people not checking all of the things we've discussed and I, I just think it's 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 a real shame so i have ideas though because i still believe the core principle of the card scheme when it's brought in was a good one it's no longer run by um citb i mean citb is a whole nother we could do it on the podcast of citb i'm sure but as the um the industry representatives really for us um they should still run the scheme in my opinion and they should be offering, you know, increased, improved training, uh, a level of being able to upskill yourself, whoever you are, whether you're a carpenter, if you're in demolition, if you're in... I, I don't see why you you just have this sort of, oh, yeah, you're a carpenter, mate, that's all I do. I mean, even bricklayers, you know, there's bricklaying. I mean, there's a lot of guys who just lay the middle. You know, they can't do a corner. What's that about? Are you a bricklayer or are you laying to a string line? You know, it's sort of... But there should be... The people who can do those chimneys like Hampton Court have, you know, with all the twisted brickwork, that's a trade, isn't it? But I dare say there's not many people in the industry who can do that kind of thing, but they will be out there. But when you walk in the door with a card, well, your card saves mind, mate. You know, it's there's no differential. That, that, that's the difference between a tradesman and a craftsman. Well, possibly. But why can't you then, as a tradesman, look to upskill yourself, look to prove that you can do that and you have done that? With and MVQs are a good basis to do it on. They don't need to be that expensive. I, I mean, the last MVQ I did was a telehandler. Uh, I did my telehandler ticket. Um, I, I did, COVID means that the bloke doesn't even come out to you anymore. You send videos. So I paid eight, nine hundred quid, whatever it was, to do that MVQ level two. I'm sure, it's that kind of money. It was a fair bit of chunk anyway. Um, and I mean, I did, I did some very simple videos with the little telehandler that I've got here, that little turbo one, I mean it's mini, you know if I could have, there's a whole different skill putting something to 3 metres of that telehandler will go as there is to putting it to 17 metres on a loading bay, so it's difficult because people work in different environments they do different things and therefore it has to cover a range, doesn't it but that was just you know, you fill out some forms he, asked you, he did ask you some questions, you have like an interview bit, but it's not very difficult and you pay a lot of money for that. And I think, sorry, but that probably could have been done for 200 quid. First and foremost, I was told, and I don't know if this is true, but I was told a while back that the actual card itself costs about 70p to produce. Oh, no doubt, yeah. But they're, they're, they're sold to you for about 18 quid. Having done it, you know, the actual cost to you is about 18 quid. So there's that. Going back to that whole CPD idea, and what you've just said there about during COVID, using video. Would there not be an argument now for having GoPros in the cabs of machines so that you you log what you're doing on an ongoing basis so that rather than waiting for 
in your example, I need to get my telehandler ticket to be able to go to the, the examiner and say, I've already done 10,000 hours on a telehandler, but I mm. now need a ticket. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll do the interview over the phone, but here's everything that you can possibly want to know. I've produced all this. Is that an argument for that? Possibly. The, uh, the issues I see, you want to have some, whatever the scheme is that it will, we hope it becomes from this conversation. Who knows if the CIT be listening to what we've got to say, but I think there's, there's a few barriers to entry there. The GoPros are expensive. I mean, MVQs are expensive, but so are GoPros. Now, yes, you can borrow one and things, but not everyone has access to the video editing software or computer that's powerful enough. You know, it, it, you and I do. I think we become used to that almost, but um, many people don't. And I, I kind of see that as a bit of a barrier to them doing it. And why should someone be able to do that who can, you know, or get their kids to do it or whatever it might be. And then, you know, the poor bloke, someone else can't, um, he, he doesn't have access to that kind of material. I mean, that's what the logbook was for, right? Which we used to have in plant, if we're talking down the plant route. Um, I actually don't know it, what you would prove as a carpenter, whether you'd have to take photos with your phone and, and collate them, etc. And um, I don't know what the scheme would be if you were a tra you know, another type of tradesman, a plumber, whoever that might be. But the logbook, I think they've now scrapped. That at least had some very easy, anyone could fill it in. And this is the part of the problem as well, though. And then it got signed off by a site manager um, or someone in a position uh, of deemed authority, uh, and it proves that you've done the job that you said you'd done. Now, in a digital age, maybe something a bit... Because most people have smartphones now, I think, don't they? So maybe a, a spin on your idea would be that you um, can log into your portfolio, your card essentially online, because they will be on a database, right, which the chip will link back to. You can log in on that, and you could say... I've been doing this job the last few weeks. Here's some photos I've taken. Upload them off your phone, straight to your portfolio. Bit of blurb, did the drainage, it was three meters deep. We did here, we had a road crossing, the headers, all that sort of stuff. Well, that's probably a bit more of an accessible way of doing it because you are you don't need, you can just do it on your phone, really. Is there some role here for the equipment manufacturers? You're right, GoPros are expensive. But we've got um, some machines now that you can operate via smartphone. In fact, I know of one manufacturer would actually give you, they actually give you a, a smartphone because that's your control panel. But also you've got um, lots of telematics built into machines now. So not only could you, um, you know, were a JCB, for example, to put a camera in the cab, you've got a system of telematics that logs who did what and when. So... You know, was the machine over-revved? You know, were the daily checks carried out as uh, uh, in accordance to the handbook? Was it unstable at any point in time? You know, how many hours did they work? Well, well, you've got all of that information. Is there a role for the, man the manufacturers there? Possibly, but of course there's two flips to that, isn't there? Because the more you log and the more people know what you're doing, people feel like they're being controlled and it's... You know, kind of oppressive, but they are. It's sort of irony, but that's the that's the the kind of the counter argument to that. But then on the upside, I mean, telematics behind machines. My three CX will basically tell me everything. You know, the idle idle diesel is horrendous. You look at it and go, wasn't idling that long today? But you tell Lifelink and it'll go, oh, well, I've used like eight liters of idling. You know, it's expensive to run that coffee machine, so. You know, it's it's a it, it, there's a lot you can tell from that, and JCB no doubt 
beyond that have got a lot of information and can tell if it's if the handbrake's on or not and uh, if the boom's in you know been parked in the air or if it's been around with that or all of that kind of thing and that has some huge advantages if we're looking to try and I guess counteract some of the historic issues um, that we've had with misuse of plant for example bad driving or people sat there idling away hiding around the corner or whatever it might be but in a way also it maybe gives people a bit too much information um, and some people won't be happy with that you know they already feel you know they're being infringed I mean the thing is is that the worst thing is in your pocket because uh, that thing is telling you well I dare say I'll get a load of adverts now for some kind of telematic system or maybe even hopefully these fake CSCS cards or people that help you get through the, get through your, your fire thing. But that's true, isn't it? There's so much that these things listen to. Um, every time you go on Facebook and, you know, like something, it, it logs all of this stuff. Yeah, I thought that was always a coincidence when, when Facebook offered you the very thing you've been searching for five minutes before. <laughs> well, how do you believe it? But, but you see what I mean? Like it's, it, it, there is, data has two flip sides and I, I wonder if, because dash cams, essentially, manufacturers could put dash cams in machines that could potentially log. Um, if there were instances, we would have uh, video footage of it. I mean, that could be hugely beneficial. But also, in a way, do we really want a society where we have to film everything? And but this is a much bigger question. But you know what I mean? Yeah, it, it's. I would feel a bit oppressed at work if I knew, like, you know, someone could. I I work in. I do. Um, I'm part of the, the, the team that clear um, snow from Heathrow um, and all of the lorries, all of the vans have got two-way facing cameras and that's how it is there now. It logs your audio, it logs that. They can tell if you've requested permission on the runway, all of that. It records all of that. It records the radio into vehicle as well. You, you can work with it, but it's a bit oppressive. You know, I just think, God, if I... It, I just think it's... I know why they brought it in. They brought it in for a reason. They've, they're always trying to um, avoid the next accident, you know, and they had a big, big crash and things that, you know, happened. Things happened there. Everything's happened at any site. You know, everything's happened somewhere, isn't it? But it, it yeah, it is a work environment. It's not particularly friendly. I've blamed everybody for the fiasco that is the current card scheme. Mm. What about the people we employ? Oh, I mean, you've you've mentioned the fact, you know, some people can't sign their name and, you know, some people just aren't that way inclined. I fully understand that. But as an industry, we are, we have been forever, I think, to a large degree, a bit of a last resort for some people. You know, I can't can't get a job elsewhere and therefore construction or demolition will take me. Going back to that idea of dash cams and, and monitoring and everything else, think about some of the things that we've seen over the past few years. The advent of quick couplers. The, the quick couplers, the, the, you know, the oil quicks and the lend-offs of this world, they were basically created because operators couldn't be trusted to get out of the cab in the pissing rain and, and bang a pin in. We've also got beacons on machines now to prove that the guy's got his seatbelt on, yeah. even though some of them are actually sat on them. Yes. You know, we, we, we are putting in place all of these checks and balances because the people we're employing are not doing what they need to do. Would we necessarily need to prove competence and have it refreshed every five minutes if the people we were employing were maybe a higher level? Uh, well, that is a very good point. Very good point. And uh, no, really, would probably be the short answer to quite a long question. Um, the the it, it, We shouldn't 
it, it, this is a major issue and it's one of the fundamental reasons why we're struggling to get a, a workforce, you know, younger people into the industry, anyone into the industry, because you're looked at, I think, in this game, they have high vis. I mean, I walk around the shop with my stuff on and people just, I don't know, you get looks sometimes and you think this is sort of, you just look down on, really. And you think, well, actually, I earn good money doing this and I've got a Lamborghini's worth of equipment sat out there. You know, and, and that house, you, all that. And, and, and that house that you live in yeah. wouldn't exist without construction. Well, that's the a road that you've just driven on wouldn't exist without. Correct. Right. Every time you go to the toilet, that's thank you. You know, like that's there. We are. We're doing that. Yep, no problem. And uh, but this is it. But you're not. They don't see it like that. Unfortunately, if I sold all my machines and bought the Lamborghini, I to be you'd be filming you and think you're some kind of superhero. And you think it's a very strange thing. We turn up a digger, digger, isn't it? You know, it, but that's the. The attitude, I think the whole of society looks down on the trades, and it's a real shame. Further to that, you then end up with people going to university who maybe maybe it didn't suit them. Maybe they would have been great in the trades, you know, but they, they miss that opportunity. They get funneled down a certain route. Um, but that's also partly the trades and the construction industry's fault. I say construction industry is a broader term, including demolition, any, any you know, what I would call hands-on trade, um, manufacturing even. Um, because there are very, very few routes into it. I really had to struggle when I was younger to get into it. And I remember even at college, they sat them down and went, why are you not going to university? You know, basically sort of almost trying to belittle you and go, well, you're going to, you know, drop out and become a, you know, road sweeper. Well, actually, I probably would do that. Yeah, be all right. <laughs> you know, what's wrong with that? You know, I... I joke, but I always think, like, you know, if you didn't have any work, I'd do whatever it took to push a broom room. It's actually an easy enough job. If you know the right technique of sweeping, it, it, it's, it, but it's, that's a minute, it's an attitude thing, isn't it? It, it, it sort of, it, the schools, starts at school, and it just doesn't, it doesn't help as it gets older. And the people do fall into this industry. A lot of people, um, you know, are pro, pro um, maybe... They're more open to uh, doing recreational drugs at the weekends, possibly. Uh, the people who like to drink quite a bit of alcohol um, in the industry. Plenty of them in bankers as well, mind you. Both of those things. So this isn't particularly just pertaining to the construction industry. But you you do end up with um, a, a workforce that have challenges that um, maybe some other industries don't necessarily see because... That, that individual wouldn't suit an office environment, you know, so by default, they don't end up there, do they? They end up with us. And then as a result, we're trying to do quite complicated, detailed work with dangerous equipment. Um, uh, and, it, and it just spirals down, doesn't it, really? You know, it's, and, then, and then you've got to bring the next thing in, haven't you? I've worked, I had safety departments, in-house safety departments for the people I worked for, and they should work with you, right? They come out to site, and they, they, they do a, a report on your site, um, and it should be a collaborative thing. I remember discussing issues I had on jobs, particularly stairwells were a common one, trying to protect stairwells. Plasterers, the problem is you can't have the safety stairs in a stairwell that the plasterer is trying to plaster, because if it touches the walls, you can't plaster it, right? So you have these issues. So you come up with ways around it, and, you know, standing on the path on a bit of board and a bit of plank and something is not good any, anymore you know it's not right and it never should have been right but it's how it maybe traditionally was done just to get over the problem turn the blind eye as they say well it's not 
It's not right. So I said, how are we going to get over this? Because these systems, and we had this stupid stair latch hatch system, and oh God, it was hard work. You'd, someone had to lug it in there, build the frame, you know. What the, anyway, you come up with these systems that kind of work, but they sort of don't. And I just remember discussing it with, um, in a particularly large stairwell I had that was maybe three stories high. How do we protect this? You know, because the scaffold, scaffold, you put scaffold in there, then it's in the way of the tacker, so it's got to come out. Do I then put it back in for the plasterer? It's got to come back out again. You know, then the painter wants it in. Where are we Where are we going? So you have to have a reasonable, and it's reasonable, remember, is the word that's used in safety, um, way of dealing with that. Uh, whatever element, whether it be this particular um, situation we're talking about or whatever. The safety department wrote that down. I remember writing it. They wrote it down on my thing like it was a... A breach, you know, like I was wrong. And I lost marks because I had mentioned an issue that I wanted to discuss. I have a problem here. I'm raising it to you. Tell me how we can solve it. Let's work together. I bet this issue have developed on other sites and they probably hide it. Or oh, safety guys coming out tomorrow, yeah, but drop that and don't work in that plot. You know, I'll lead him around here. I mean, it all goes on. We're, 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 still, right, is it? we're still in an industry where somebody expressing a, a safety concern can be blacklisted. Yes. Anyway, yes. Yeah, yeah. He's a troublemaker. He is. Get him off the site. And, you know, if anybody asks for a reference, tell him he's a troublemaker. Mm -hmm. It's madness. It is. And it, it, and it, again, belittles the safety department because everyone sees them as the enemy. They're like the Stasi. They come on and it's just like trying to, you know, not get shot, basically, isn't it? It's, it's, it's just horrendous. And it's the wrong way to look at safety. Safety should be collaborative. Everyone should actually, it should be genuinely useful to the people who are having to work underneath that that either that control measure or whatever that's how i see it you know you've got to come up with ways to help the guy on site do the job he needs to do safer and that starts at design processes with designing buildings that don't have stupid triple high atriums with no way of getting to them you know but it does doesn't it that's what cdm was for construction design management regulations brought in in 2007 a quote thing comes around about that time um, to basically hold designers accountable for buildings that went up. And in theory, there should have been a way, a method statement at design stage as to how I was to build that element. I, have you ever had one of them? I tell you what I got, Mark. We ended up with drawings with a load of little um, exclamation marks, triangles on them, you know, like hazard triangles going danger of height here. Oh, cheers for that. And that's really helped me out. You yep. know? That's that's half a risk assessment thing, isn't it? We've assessed it. There's a risk. Yeah. A, a fix, maybe? Wait, so maybe? Just an idea? Well, actually, uh, you identify your risk, and then you would put in place control measures, which should then, on your risk assessment, remove or reduce the risk of that happening, because it's like hidden severity, right? Well, th this doesn't... This clearly doesn't happen. Or I don't find it happens. And this is a much wider issue, and we're almost, we're almost off cards, but it's all brought into the same thing. If people respected safety properly you would have people wearing their seatbelt in cabs rather than going oh great green beacon you know bloody thing i mean i've had some dumpers now that are they're militant about it you won't let you start it you can't move it without the horn beeping in forwards and backwards um you've got to have your seatbelt plugged in if you just you know and you sometimes need to like just nip off or have a look down the side if your bum cheek leaves the half the seat it cuts out oh this is hard work but that's where we've ended up with because because it's it's rather than go, the operator was at full flat. He drove that machine with the arm in the air, halfway up a heap, and it fell over. What do we do? 
We don't blame the operator, no, we put a control measure on it. We need the latest um, X-Watch system, not blaming them or whoever, but the latest, uh, um, you know, restrictive, uh, hydraulically restrictive system that stops you being able to raise the arm at that point on that degree of angle. And, you know, our new system, we've, we've saved to solve the problem, haven't we? Where do you go? You just think, no, train the blokes to not do it in the first place, you know? It's exactly the same as all these, like, reverse alarms and stuff like that. Mm. People shouldn't be there. Wow. Well, you know, yeah. if you're, as a transfer station, as an example, you know, if you're working a big 40, 50 ton wheel loader, don't have people walking about. There you go. That's the end of it. Uh, that is something, that's, that's a topic that's dear to my heart. My concept of how a building site works is completely different to how we actually do it. I think transfer stations, from what I've seen, you've probably seen a lot more than I have, are generally better at this. They appreciate that you've got whopping machines and people are safer in the cab than they are out of them. Now, I think that's where the key to this is. I used to have situations on sites where we'd be building plots, foundations, etc. You know, then you've got the bricklayers following behind. You've got uh, the, the, then the interior trades, and but you've got them all on the same street, right? So this one's being dug, and this one over here is being painted. You know, and everything in between. Well, you think down that street. If you took ten houses on a street and everyone's at a different stage. You've got excavators tracking up and down the road because, you know, for whatever reason, we decided an excavator is now a forklift. So we pick stuff up and move it about with the forks. Rubbish things. Horrendous with track wear. All kinds of things. You're running mud up my road. Why? Got telehandler for that. Keep the telehandler on the tarmac. Then you don't have to sweep your road. And anyway, all the things. But you then have pedestrian walkways. You've got pedestrian walkways everywhere because you can't walk anywhere on site that pedestrian walkway. And you've virtually got them to the door of the plot. Well, they're in the way of people. They're getting thrown out the way and people are trying to squeeze around things. Blokes trying to dig some services in the road. You know, you just have people. There's way too many people on the job. How about this? You create a situation where the ground workers have an area. If you walk beyond that fence, I don't mind whether it's a bit of uh, pedestrian fencing, chapter eight, could be the orange Murphy bunting or whatever, couldn't it? You know, a line, that's ground work area. But the ground workers, they're mainly in machines because you've got GPS running, maybe. You're digging footings. You don't need a man on the staff anymore. There's no risk of him falling in. There's no need for him to be hit by the machine. He's not going to get run over by the dumper. Your man on the dumper can stay on the dumper because I don't even... If people talk about cabs on dumpers, why do we not just have a roll bar on a dumper? Uh, not a roll bar, a, a cab like I've got a mine mini digger. That's like a frame. You still would be able to hit them if they were within a frame. The deep glass and everything, I mean, nice as they are. But the principle being that that man then, he's not getting on and off that machine. He's not slipping, tripping. He's then not becoming a pedestrian hazard. All of the issues associated with that. So you've got people, you know, running around like that. Maybe we should work like the Americans do more, where you have a gravel skip for your drainage. And that's brought in with a, a wheel loader or a, a telehandler with a bucket or whatever. And you've got people then serving the gravel to your, your team in the trench. You'll always have a man in the trench. You have to. It's, it's, it's just a reality. We'll never be able to. No, no fancy tilt-rotator will ever be able to lay pipe. Um, but you've reduced the amount of people on that job. You know, you haven't got the bloke with a dumper. We're digging out the back of dumpers. Well, it's just rubbish, isn't it? Have one dumper driver who can serve multiple crews. He can do ruck away over here. Oh, I need some shingle. Brings you shingle. You know, that's the way I see it. Reduce the amount of people on the site like they've done in the transfer stations. Can't run them over if they're not there. 
that is the fundamental part of risk assessment, isn't it? Fundamental bit. I, I, I think that kind of brings us full circle because a, a lot of these cards are, they're not created by or for, but they are policed by the tier one contractors. Mm -hmm. and, and there is this sort of percolation down from, from those guys. And I think one of the issues that, that construction and demolition faces is the fact that everyone wants something for nothing and they want it done yesterday. Mm. You know, I, I mean, the, because demolition is often the, the first on site, you, know, you often get a case of, you know, they've they've tended for a job, they've been told they've got the job, and then six months later, on a Thursday afternoon, you start Monday. Yes. And you know full well that that then reverberates right the way through the supply chain. So, you know, the pioneer contractor is chomping at the bit to get on there. You know, the, the, the frame guys are... Everything is condensed into the minimum possible time. Whereas the approach you just said there, spread it out a bit, take your time, have one trade and another trade and another trade. Yes, they may follow, they will follow along, but keep them apart. There is always overlap. There is always overlap. You will always have ground workers doing finishings, you know, and you can't just keep everyone apart whilst the painter's still painting and there's a bit of this going on and whatever. That will always happen. But predominantly, the large machinery can be kept away from the people there's only one vehicle that should be going up and down that road, and that is a telehander, in my opinion, which makes the whole place a whole lot safer. You could reduce the amount of walkways you need because you haven't got the plant movements running about if you set your site up right. It's not always easy to have... Not every site has a lovely material compound at the beginning of it. Sometimes you just can't do that. You know, it doesn't work for whatever reason. But I just think it's a different way of thinking, and you've got to try and you eliminate the hazard rather than reduce or or come up with a new safety thing you know uh, where do you steal more high vis or whatever it might be everyone has beacons on their heads i don't know what they're going to come up with next but it does feel like it's a what will they come up with next and because of that it just undermines it doesn't it again undermining it's it's the same as uh, this is one of fred's bugbears you know this idea of wearable devices you know whether it's a wristwatch wrist or something you pin on your on your your high vis or you have a clip to your hard hat but we are in an industry, as we've already said, you know, we've got people that will forget right. and will leave their hard hat with the beacon in it in, in the site canteen and then go for a stroll. Mm. You know, we, we, we're kind of making a rod for our own back. And uh, as you say, it will be what comes next. But the more things you ask them to do, the more things they will forget. Because if it, because it, you, it there gets to a point where, so you, you come on site, you want to start work. I've got a permit to dig. I actually have one up there on my board. I've got to get my permit to dig. I got it. My risk assessments in place. I got to do all of that. Well, you know, e even just on a day to day, I've got my machine checks to do. I've got maybe three or four guys who are doing multiple different jobs. You've got to kind of think, right? Well, I need to organise you, and you've got materials, and the phone's ringing, and there's deliveries trying to queue up at the gate, and you, you know what I mean? It, it, it makes it harder, and you do. You will forget your the stupid things like your hard hat, won't you? And you'll run out there to try and stop that lorry because he's running away, and you've got your hat on, and suddenly you've breached the world's security, and it's just. It, it happens because sites are way too manic. And I just think your point earlier about sites starting before, it's running before you can walk. That used to happen so often in house building. Horrendous. Why not take a little bit longer, build a better quality product with a little bit more time? But no, it's always need to get them through. And, and I used to find that design hadn't even finished and we'd still be building. I remember doing a concrete pour on an RC frame and there were rebar schedules changing and we were pouring that day. What do I do with that? I remember ringing the engineer up going, well, he's pointless, mate. We're on that, we're on that floor, column 
B is like long gone, mate. You know, that was pulled two hours ago. What? Well, what was wrong with your design two hours ago? You know, like you, what me? I can't change this stuff because it's it's all pushed to the last minute or client changes and anyway, all of that is a much bigger issue. But bringing it back to cards, it it all it, it wraps into that because it's just I come back to undermining already. It undermines the the whole thing. Just undermines your your safety really. And the cards should be part of safety. They should be respected. You should want to own one. I think I should want to own one. I should want to have one. It's got a good record of what I can do. I've never done deep drainage. Deep as my digger digs is three meters, so I haven't done deep drainage. You know that's not my experience, and that card should tell you that. Because if you hire me in an agency, I'm really good in the digger. I grade pretty well. What was it? Was you know deep drain? Stick me in a high reach. Never done that. You know what I mean? It's sort of got a good ticket, haven't I? I imagine the damage you could do with her. I yeah. have a go. <laughs> <laughs> so something miraculous happens, and somebody phones you up and says, um, "We've we've made you Lord High Chancellor of of Construction Carts. <laughs> You've got one day. What's your first? What's what's the first thing you do?" I don't know. Can you buy it back off Nokan and get some control of it? <laughs> I don't know. Do we sue Nokan for having a crap card scheme? I, yeah, they tried suing the CSCS scheme, right, for a loss of earnings. I mean, that just sums up the whole thing. Mark, in one day, I don't know if you could fix it, honestly, but I get your principle. What would you change? Uh, where would you start? I... I just, the whole thing needs scrapping and restarting. And I'm not even sure you can save the word CSCS card. I, I just think anything that's got that title now is just so far down the pan. You could make it the best thing in the world. What I would like to see is a card scheme where you come into a site and you, you can, you know, stick it into a card reader, essentially, like you do with the banks and things. And it tells you, welcome, Mr. Guns. You know, yes, you're signed in today because you've put your card in. Bang, number one, record of me being on site. Number two, it's got any information, contact information on their date of birth, um, next of kin, all that kind of crap they want to try and get on your induction form that we fill in so many times over. Number three, it could be that you've actually been inducted here before, no problem, you know, or maybe you haven't, and therefore it sort of, you know, comes up, flags up. You can just have so much data behind that. It could have all your experience, you know, you can drive, you know, it's got all your telling and it's got that on. I don't know, I just see it as being, we've got all this data you could use with this, in, you know, with this card. Why can't you, why can't it all be part of it? And why can't I have further progression in my, in my career and want to further myself and want to progress and get almost a kind of degree level qualification in carpentry, bricklaying, excavator driving, be what it is. Why not? Because... If I'm a labourer, well, I can go from labouring to a trade. Once I hit the trade, I'm a trade now. You've hit the ceiling. Do you realise I say, isn't it? So why can't I progress further? And that gives you, it gives you a bit of motivation and, and therefore it can justify better wage and all of that stuff. 